As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. The result? Ultimately, is pretty familiar. The Kansas City Chiefs will host their fourth consecutive AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium. No one's ever done that before. I don't know if we're going to see that happen again, unless the Chiefs just keep adding five, six, seven, who knows. But again, that result, we've seen that before. <laughs> the way the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and frankly also the Buffalo Bills got to that point is something we have never seen before and can't possibly see again anytime soon. We have an absolutely incredible football game to talk about here on this edition of Times Ours. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser. Guys, what a game and what a weekend. What a weekend of football encapsulated and with the exclamation point of the best two-minute stretch of offensive football that I think <gasps> has ever been played on a gridiron. Oh, I just... Look, let's just say it. In terms of significance, everything will start with Super Bowl 54. Mm-hmm. Because, let me remind people, they were down 10 with mm-hmm. less than 10 to go, and they won by 11. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, Mm -hmm. we just saw the most complete masterpiece from Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. I I, I mean, obviously, I wrote about it in The Athletic. We told told everybody, right? We, We did our job, fellas. We told the football world, if they're willing to listen... That they were that they were going to help this this quarterback process even better. That they were going to help his mind get even stronger. That he was going to have more answers to more questions. <sighs> he never threw a deep pass, fellas. <laughs> and they scored forty two points. Jeez, forty. I hadn't heard that uh, that stat. Um, that he hadn't thrown, he didn't throw one pass beyond twenty. I suppose. I mean, Hill was a crosser. Yep. 
They had a screen. Um, Hardman was another crosser, which on, on a side note, remember when the way to beat the Chiefs was to play two-man with really aggressive man coverage? Woo! And then and Andy Reid just decided, we've been asking all year, where are the crossers? Where's this man beating? And Andy Reid's like, I'm saving him for when they matter. <laughs> just, I mean, uh, on, on McCole Hardman's late uh, late crosser that, you know, got them into scoring position in overtime. Travis Kelsey just blew up a defender in coverage in what really was a pick, but they couldn't call it because he's just running a crosser and the dude ran into him and it went the way it should when a six foot six, 260 pound dude runs into a guy that's 60 pounds lighter. And that's why McCall Hardman was all by himself. Um, it, it I, I, I lost words. My wife got stressed out by that game. <laughs> and she, like, she loves close games. She just loves them. She's like, oh, they're so exciting. And so we're going to bed later on. And she goes, like, because we were trying to figure out what to watch. And she's like, can we watch, like, something relaxing for a little while or something? Because that was it really It's a stressful. nature documentary required sort of evening at yeah. that point. We, we did a little Everybody Loves Raymond, you know, some, mm. gentle, <laughs> some gentle marriage humor. Um, Good. Great. With low stakes. Yeah. But it's just like, it was so stressful when, and there were so many moments here. And I, Josh, I'm sure you have some kind of strategy here, how to lay it out. But like the, the dropped pick with like a minute to go where it got knocked in the air by, I think, Sneed. And I think it was Bolton almost came down with it. Yeah. That would have ended the game. I hit my knees and went flat on my face. God, no! And I just... Because I knew they were going to score. And it was just like that game featured, like when you look at the, the win probability thing, it looks like someone had a serious, serious incident with their heart. Yes. It looked like a lie detector test oh, where yeah. you are telling a big fat fib. <laughs> yeah. And this was the moment they knew the dude was lying. And it so, looks like oh. it looks like the recording wavelengths whenever Nate does his high pitched voice. <laughs> <laughs> but the the, <laughs> but the the biggest thing here, and, and Josh, we talked about this beforehand. There have and this was tweeted out by Ruben Frank. There have only been two postseason performances in NFL history where a quarterback passed for at least 325, threw for three touchdowns, had no picks, and rushed for 60 yards. And both of them were last night. Josh Allen played out of his mind. And it wasn't enough. Like, I have never seen a quarterback play that well and lose. It's... I don't know that a quarterback has played that well very many times in any form ever. Right. He right. just happened to be across from – here's one of the things that I wanted to put out there, just to, to work backwards a little bit. We were playing some of the highlight calls back last night on the radio, and we played the Tyreek Hill punt return, which ultimately only turned into three points kind of infuriatingly. But Tyreek Hill was back there. He had a, a excellent return that I've now said a couple times. Reminded me more of like Jamal Charles even than a young Tyreek Hill punt return return just because he went between tacklers and left them grasping at air behind mm. him in a way that felt very uh, very 25 but he has that punt return and on the call Jim Nance said something along the lines of what a pivotal moment in this game and then after that the Chiefs scored a field goal the Bills scored a touchdown the Chiefs scored a touchdown the Bills scored a touchdown the Chiefs scored a field goal the Chiefs scored a touchdown wow <laughs> that was a pivotal moment with only 
only 11 minutes and change left. There yeah. were less than 12 minutes in the game. It's a fine call by Jim Nance. This is not a criticism of Jim Nance. He was right. It felt yeah. like a pivotal moment. And then they scored. Uh, Let's see. There's 10 and 24, and that was just six. 33 more points scored after that point. Quick math. Oh, my goodness. That, in, the, in, the last, in the last 11 minutes, there was a moment where uh, – shout out to, to Rudy Salazar on this one. I feel like I give uh, Rudy a shout out every episode now, but it's – you know, because he's good at his job. He said that there was there was the the stat at one point where where it was looking terrifyingly possible that Patrick Mahomes' last pass of the game would have been with thirteen thirty eight remaining because the Bills went on that drive, then the Chiefs handed it off twice, and then had Blake Bell take a snap and uh, and then gave the ball back to the Bills, who then went on a seven minute long touchdown drive. Yeah, and that all happened over a long stretch. There, Patrick Mahomes went more than ten minutes without throwing the football. And still scored 10 points in regulation <laughs> after that in the last two minutes. So, so let, 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 let's remind people. It was fourth and the Bills had fourth and 13, by the way. That game should have ended there. Oh, poor man. Mike Hughes. Poor after Mike the Hughes. Two minute warning. Mike, and Mike Hughes, just, Mike Hughes just went down. I get yeah. it. It's hard being a defensive back. Sniper. Yeah. He got sniper. <laughs> That was that was a great route, and that was it I was should twenty six to twenty one at the two minute warning. It ended forty two to thirty six. I I, I should I should reiterate. I've never seen a quarterback play that well without like the rest of his team just letting him down unbelievably. Because like we can and talk about yeah yeah we can talk about like yeah. last year's Super Bowl with like unbelievable passing, hitting guys in the face, and offensive line, all that. But like Allen, like his team didn't really let him down. Well, besides his defense, but you can't even say the defense really let him down. Like, like take take almost any of those plays, like the the Kelsey game winning touchdown. What's the what for one? Why you got a linebacker in man coverage on Kelsey in that situation? Seth, they told us <laughs> Matt Milano was a Hall of Famer. Oh, come on! I mean, was, look. Oh. They said Matt Milano was going to be out here covering Travis Kelsey. Hell, they wanted Matt Milano on Travis Kelsey. <laughs> they, oh! <laughs> they did. And I don't, I don't Seth, understand listen, I know it. you're a professional, but your voice is not nearly loud enough or high-pitched enough to match the energy of the <laughs> other two people on this show right now. I'm sorry. I'm so <laughs> befuddled. I think my befuddled energy is like, how do you, you get, in a, and the funny thing is actually forgetting initially cooked because Kelsey made him stumble with what tight end runs like an out and up from that point. From the field. eight yard line. Who does that? Who does this? And then I, I mean, he, he recovered and he was in good position and Mahomes just made a throw to the one place it could go and Kelsey turned inside all the way around a 270 degree turn. Yeah. And snagged it and got his feet down. You can't be mad at the Bills' defense because be like, what happened to the Bills' defense? What What do you want them to do? Uh, fellas, it's called gassed. They oh. were <laughs> gassed, okay? Uh, I asked I asked Andy Reid straight up, Coach, how many times has he run that route? Uh, he said it was rare. Oh, good, good coach. <laughs> so there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Game ended on a zipper play. Yep. The whole game. That was a bleeps out game. And by the way, the 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 I'm just gonna throw fun things at you guys. I'll I'll show and you can do whatever you want with them. Um, 
in the fourth quarter of this game, the Bills won, um, you know, air quotes, whatever, but the, the fourth quarter of this game was 15 to 13. 49ers Packers finished 13 to 10. Ooh. All three, all three other games this weekend, by the way, had the road lower-seeded team winning by exactly three points. This game had the biggest margin of victory of all of them, and it happened in overtime. Oh, that it was a zipper! Was... It was a zipper-free weekend. It was a it, everybody. This whole weekend was was Winnie the Pooh. We, we were all just <laughs> this, <sighs> this just... weekend was making everyone uncomfortable with the sweatpants it was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, but Nate, no, I didn't, Nate, I didn't know they put zippers on sweatpants in, in that section, Seth. <laughs> I, th- there's so much to cover about this game that I genuinely don't know where to start in terms of analysis. So, I mean, I'll rely on you guys. I, I, I know what I wrote about. Yeah, no, like, no, no, go. No, Seth, pick. I mean, here's, here's how we have to do this. You said I might have a plan. Here's my plan is that we're going to yell for a little while <laughs> and there's going to be some conversation and then we're going to go back to yelling and then have a conversation based off the thing we were yelling about. But, that's, uh, but go off. New piece up on the newsletter. Of course, Nate already wrote about this game. Re- you should be reading these pieces. There's some great content all around the, the internet right now because this game was a fountain for it. But yeah, Seth, t- tell me what, what you took away, what, what you decided to write about there. So, because the All-22 wasn't out yet, which, by the way, kids, the All-22 is out now. And if you think I'm not charting every single Patrick Mahomes snap and writing so much about it, I'm going to write so much about it, you guys. And it's I, gonna, are you doing I, it during the podcast? Because that's my guess. I, I, no, I, I'm trying not to. Look, 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 he should be sacked now. <laughs> the created. So I've been charting created yards, like created plays and yards for a while now. Um, I started doing it because mostly like when they got Mahomes, I was like, I need to figure out a way to tabulate like when he creates offense. And he does it at a rate higher than at pretty much any other quarterback by far has for years. I am so curious because like that first third down, like, I feel like there were like at least 10 plays where he created like at least five or six yards. And that's not including the plays where he created like, like 40, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. And just like, he's, he's going to break my system and I'm here for it. That might've been the best game he's ever played. And he's played, I mean, just unbelievable games. So from, from, from start to finish, you are correct, sir. Yeah. He was, there was just on un- no dips, no mistakes, knowing the situation and realizing Yep, can't let that guy, cannot let that guy win. Can't let that guy win. Yep. I will not let this man win. And <laughs> let's, let's you know, let's reference it now, Seth. Uh, fellas, I sent you guys a, a lovely, oh, yes. I guess you could call it a meme. Um, it is now. It, it is now. Josh uh, retweeted it. <sighs> Look, guys. There's three seconds left in regulation. Josh Allen has physically done everything we've ever asked him to do as mm-hmm. football fans. He is staring into the abyss. <laughs> there is only darkness. <laughs> he sees he sees his demise. And there's a there's a Bill Stafford who makes this 
really a painting, honestly. Put yes. it in put it in put it in a museum. All the museums. <laughs> There's a staffer for the Bills, I believe. Or it's a player in a hoodie. And he's staring at the scoreboard or the jumbotron. Mouth agape. And Josh Allen with his eyes open and his mouth closed. With the meme saying, when he just won't die. <laughs> when he just won't die. That look, I have only seen very few times in my life. And, man, some of them have been in very grim situations. <laughs> like, like this is like... Are you going to name some very grim situations? Because I feel like this is going to be a real vibe killer, Seth. I just want uh, you to check no, yourself before you bring it to the table. I don't... I, I don't uh I don't think I will cuz okay. man but like this is like man this is like the did the judge just order that my bail be set at $500,000 that's this look I've seen this look <laughs> I'm not getting out of here that's like wait you said how much money what that was half a mil wait what and this is just this is the look on my face for a less serious thing, when as great of a movie as it was on its own merits, where The Last Jedi just destroyed my conceptions of Luke Skywalker and took them from me. <laughs> and I better. stared at the screen watching my childhood hero's image be destroyed in front of me. <laughs> that was yeah. that was this great movie on its own merits. It just killed part of my childhood is all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was so bad. But I mean, beyond... So I'm going to be getting to that. But the thing for me, the thing that I wrote about today is about the anomaly, the chess master, and the goat. Now, the goat could be Mahomes. In this case, it's not. Um, the anomaly is Tyreek Hill because there's never been a player like him. He's so weird. He's just so weird. The chess master is obviously Andy Reid because we got to talk about the, 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 the layers upon layers. They like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to hand it off to Mike Burton again. He's nine for nine. Why? All oh, the ball's coming out. And I mean, it was great. And then the GOAT, I hope history doesn't forget Travis Kelsey in this game. I know, man. He was so great. Unbelievable. And he he is so great. So that that's the thing I wanted to focus on because obviously everyone's right about Mahomes and they should. He's, he's the best player in the world, all due respect to like, uh, a few people that think that Matt Stafford or Josh Allen, apparently Josh Allen was the best player on the field from one take <laughs> I saw. And I thought that's yep. interesting, but okay. Yeah, saw um, that too. And so, and then the Matt Stafford take was, that was a lot for me, but I really respect the person who said it. So I'm not going to say yeah. much here. No, the, but, per, the person, the person who said that did say Patrick Holmes are the worst mechanics of football like six weeks ago, and, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, smart people like, can be wrong about things. You yeah. Know, that's, smart people can be very wrong. That's true. You know, but, I just really wanted to really hone into people like this was a game and Andy Reid wasn't perfect in particular and Tyreek Hill wasn't perfect. He ran backwards a few times when he shouldn't have. And I think Kelsey had a drop early, but I mean, although Kelsey was just out of his mind, he made some blocks that were just crucial. And he just, I don't know how many times you have to see it with Travis Kelsey where he just like, he is right up there, in my opinion. Now, he doesn't play quarterback, so it's not as impactful. But in terms of being a clutch, like, I will not lose this game performer, he is right up there with Mahomes. Like, and so I just, I wrote about them because I really want people to see, 
some of the stuff Andy Reid was calling, some of the things that they did, because Mahomes was playing out of his mind, and sometimes he didn't even have to, because Andy Reid's like, well, you know, we'll do, we'll do one of those, you know, we're third and short, so we'll do one of those little, you know, cute rollouts with layered concepts, except this time, we're going to have double whip routes underneath, and we're going to go the other direction from what we always do, and we're going to leave one of the defensive ends on block, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be sprinting at him and run right into him to where there's no pressure, and the rest of the line can just wall him off, and look, Travis Kelsey's going to be wide open. And he was. <laughs> and these things are just unbelievable to watch. And we get to look at it. And we get to watch this for fun. It's amazing. I, I have a big picture Travis Kelsey thing. And then, Nate, I'm going to ask you about what Travis Kelsey said about that one route in the postgame press conference. Yes. Because that bleep is wild. But here's my macro thing really quick. Because you, we, we've talked about this on this show many times. I feel like we, uh, as a as a collective, have done our due diligence on telling people hey, make sure you guys keep an eye on 87 out there because he's doing something you might never see from anybody wearing, you know, a, a big number and lining up off tackle, you know. This this is, you should keep an eye on this position. We've talked about that a lot. We've talked about the joys of establishing the Kelsey. We have we have talked about not overlooking his greatness. It is very rare for me to even think about the idea of, like, trying to give Chiefs fans listening to this an assignment because usually, you know, you get louder arrowhead, you're impacting the game. But usually, you know, uh, a bunch of fans on Twitter trying to push a narrative. I don't know if that, I don't know if that grows it or, or not. Here's what I'd like you to try just from here on out for the rest of Travis Kelsey's career. He needs to get the Rob Gronkowski treatment and not a treatment that leaves him overshadowed by his quarterback because Gronk, for all of his greatness, was mm-hmm. amplified by Tom Brady and mm-hmm. Tom Brady amplified him, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we look at that duo. Thank you, Nate. I love it. We look at that duo as the perhaps the greatest quarterback tight end duo ever, or the highest peak, or two truly unstoppable aliens at those positions. That that path is there for us to talk about Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. I think we've got to make sure that those two dudes do not get uncoupled in these conversations. And as you said, Seth, Tyreek Hill to a degree as well. Like, and by to a degree, I mean. If, if Travis Kelsey didn't exist, it would all be about Tyreek Hill. This entire conversation would be about Tyreek Hill. <laughs> but Travis Kelsey is unbelievable. And doing some of those things, you might even be able to blame Tony Gonzalez for some of this. Doing some of those things that we've gotten used to seeing. From the position, going back to Tony Gonzalez, from Travis Kelsey as he has grown here in Kansas City over the course of his career. It is impossible impossible to look at this offense without all four of those main pieces being adding Mahomes to to Seth's trio that he wrote about there I we you we cannot leave Travis Kelsey off of the the top line of this football team he, he is not a piece of it he is a vital vital element uh and one of the most fun football players to watch on the planet <laughs> but he also isn't first on his own offense <laughs> He is the, and I, I'm I'm going to write about this, uh, and it'll appear later in the week. Um, Josh, you, you've, you've known this has been coming. Um, Travis Kelsey is the perfect backyard quarterback for the perfect backyard. He's a perfect backyard tight end for the perfect backyard quarterback. Perfect. Yes. And, perfect. And, and what I mean by that is... In the most gotta have it play, when you need to execute at the highest level, um, 
you need to, you know, combine athleticism, intelligence, and just pure determination all in one. He ran a route that was not on the whiteboard, the sheet, or the play call. <laughs> yeah, wasn't a route in the huddle. Like, and, there was the conversation, but... And, and, and Patrick Mahomes, because he understands how much Travis Kelsey means uh, to the team, to their relationship, uh, to their ability to move the football when you absolutely need to move the football... Uh, trusted a future Hall of Fame tight end, and we don't read or hear enough about the skill position player influencing the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually, ladies and gentlemen, it's the quarterback, <coughs> and it's, it's his responsibility, which is why he yeah. is the most, which is why that position is the most celebrated in all the sports. Because the quarterback is responsible for lifting everyone else, for influencing everyone else, for guiding and orchestrating their success, starting with that player. Um, the opposite happened, and it's why the Buffalo Bills are no longer playing this season. Such a good point. All right, walk us through walk us through what Travis Kelsey told us at the podium there. Give, give a few more details in case anyone hasn't so heard that. Here's where the strategy becomes... So important in in like gotta have it playoff games. As we said before, the Bills spent the entire year preparing for this game. Mm-hmm. The, the Chiefs are trying to be just the fourth team in NFL history to go to three straight Super Bowls. So this is, ladies and gentlemen, the unmovable object. Against just a thing coming right at it. (laughs) They played not only soft coverage. They were protecting the sideline when the Chiefs had a timeout. (laughs) And Travis Kelsey, upon learning this information, said... My route has some level of bend to it. And and tell me if I'm right, Josh. He never actually shared what the actual route on the play call is, which I find to be genius because they obviously may run the play again. They're going to run it the right way next time, and it's going to ruin the Bengals' whole day. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, there there had to be some bend to his route. There had to be him going left, right, who knows, or, or a comebacker. He just said, well, if I – if the if – the, Corners playing outside leverage, and I believe his poor name, God bless him, is Levi Wallace. If he's playing outside leverage to protect, not the sticks, to protect the sideline, and the linebacker is, as Coach 30 would say, pissing down his leg (laughs) because he's terrified because he's looking at the quarterback in zone coverage where he just floating. I mean, he might as well have been in Pluto. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know what his coverage responsibilities was, but he wasn't he was not playing to the principles of the zone he was responsible for. So he's out here floating in Saturn and Travis Kelsey just runs a direct line to split both defenders for the easiest 25 yard completion that you will ever see. 
right. when you need to get I, in field goal range. And I think you might have left my single favorite part out of that story, Nate, which is how Patrick Mahomes gave him the green light. Yep. It was not in the huddle. It was not, we'll get out there and see. It was, they got out there. And then you can hear Patrick Mahomes in the audio of the play. You yep. can hear him yell, do, do it, it! Do it! That From I, shotgun! I, like, he, like, yeah, he just do said, it, Kels. he just said, do it! That is... Just do... What? If he they, Shia LaBeoufed it at the end of a playoff game. <laughs> if they win the Super Bowl... We'll do it live. And that 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 should go down in history as one of those moments where it's like... I mean, one day, I mean... Because those guys should be forever intertwined with how important they've both been for each other. Yes. And yes. make no mistake, and this is always important to point out, Travis Kelsey was great. Far before Mahomes ever came in the league. Yep. Travis Kelsey was a great player before that. Yep. But you just, when there's two great players, there's this force multiplier. But that right there, I mean, seriously, I've listened to, um, I retweeted it. Someone stripped down the audio a little bit to where you could hear Mahomes yeah. even more clearly. Yeah. And that is like a goosebumps thing. Do it, Kels, do it, do it. You know, just like, and you know, again, because you're already talking about these these poor Buffalo defenders. With, like, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. With eight seconds with left, eight down, seconds down three. With eight seconds left at your own 44 yard line, and it, you you know you know exactly what that poor. Which, I don't know why they decided to rush for. Tony Romo pointed out the ball's got to come out immediately. What are you doing? Like I don't know why they didn't have a oh, guy yeah, on him point. at the yeah. line. But that, all kind of, that is that is the equivalent of a. Coaching staff, and God bless Leslie Frazier because he's a very good coach. Great but coach. that that's a coaching staff with Sean McDermott, of course, the head coach. That's a coaching staff looking at their play sheet, having nothing left because they've already shown everything, and just being like, we cannot let – and this is where Tyreek Hill's influence and impact oh, yeah. is so is – so mag- is so – like the magnitude of it is massive because they're – it's it's a prevent defense because he split four defenders oh, catching the ball yeah. in and the middle of the field while being held. While and being then, held. And that's so hell and, no. And then, back the and, hell up, fellas. Back off. Well, and that's where that's where the anomaly part comes in. And and that's where Kelsey and Hill are gonna be inextricably bound in a lot of ways, too. Because the influence Hill had on that, they made a decision, anyone but Hill. They made that decision, and it was – honestly, even though Hill had just what – what a play call by Reed, the previous play, and it was executed so well, it was great. And so you can see why they felt that way because of what he did earlier because I've never seen a pro de- – I feel like I said this about Tyreek Hill like four times a season. I have never seen pro defenders get run by like that. It was like Reggie Bush at USC stuff. Mm. Yeah. He's like, I might as well just run a little backwards because he's closer to me now, and now I'll just run around him. It's like that's not – you're not supposed to be able to play the game like that. It's weird. But with with Kelsey, I, I just can't get over that poor corner who is in a few ways on a bit of an island, at least for the first 10 yards, mm-hmm. when he heard Mahomes yell, do it, Kels, do it, do it. You know his, do what? Like, it was just like this, it had to have just been this raw panic in that moment. And Kelsey just, sometimes this game really is simple. Where he just sees the field. And this is where, like, you know, to talk about him as the GOAT. 
No one sees the field like Travis Kelsey, except like a few quarterbacks and not that many quarterbacks do. And he just, he, he has this feel for being open. That is just unbelievable. And a few times every game, you know, the chiefs, I mean, they just are like, well, Kelsey, why don't you just do that thing where you get open? And he's like, I can do that. And he does. And it's, it's not the way football is supposed to work. And that's where, I, I, you look at the statistical arguments for him at this point. Like he, he's close. He's top ten in in playoff yardage as a receiver, not just as a tight end, but I mean as anyone. And he's like closing in fast on the top three, playing way fewer games than like all of them. He he is the greatest tight end in history. And people can say, well, you know, Gronk at his peak. I don't care. I genuinely don't. Gronk is a great, 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 great player. No one has played the position like Travis Kelsey does. And it's just so cool to watch the way that he's taken that physical talent that he has that makes him impossible for corners, safeties, or linebackers to cover him. He's he's taken this understanding of the game to make it impossible to play zone on him too. He is, he is the unsolvable quandary. The only way to deal with him is to go with the Belichick game plan. And, you know... You have a linebacker smack him at the line of scrimmage, and then you have a safety grab him at the top of his route, and you have a cornerback shading out. That's the only way to deal with him. He is, other than that, he is uncoverable, and it's so cool to watch. And then, like you said, Nate, then you have to deal with the fact that he's not the only freak out there. <laughs> That's where, because then you have Tyreek Hill, the anomaly, because he's so weird. And that's where it just becomes an impossible thing. It's so much fun to watch. Um, I, I, you know, one of my, one of my good buddies, Robert Mays, was in the was in the press box. Obviously, he did the, the the NFL's uh, the Athletics NFL show, which you should check out. Football show, um, the Athletics football show. Uh, he did it from the press box. We talked after the game. We talked after recording. We talked <laughs> today on Monday, and and Robert made a great point. I just want to, I just want our listeners to hear from from a more national perspective. The 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 Bills technically had one alien on the field. Mm-hmm. The reason the Chiefs won in Robert's eyes is because the Chiefs have three aliens. Yeah, and it's just the poor Bills. I mean, just I we 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 asked, and this is you know we'll say this later on in, in the week as we prepare for the AFC Championship. But you really. The requirement is 40, fellas, and they scored 36 in regulation. Yep. And and that's, I mean, it's wild, guys. They didn't kick field goals. Now, they punted more than I would have told them to, mm. but they didn't kick field goals. They weren't scared. The quarterback didn't have a YOLO throw, and I was just waiting on it. <laughs> but... Um, the, the, the chiefs are, you can make an argument to further emphasize Seth's point. You can make an argument that that's the, that's the best trio in NFL history, both based on athleticism, you know, talent, uh, clutch performances. Uh, if they finish this with another championship, then it will take them even higher in terms of their, le- you know, their collective legacies. Um, it used to be a league where it was Michael Irving, 
Emmett Smith, and Troy Aikman. My personal top three. And ladies and gentlemen, we've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> that is, if they finish this off, that's an interesting thing to come back to. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm already researching something like what's the greatest stretch in a three-year period for a team. And now, obviously, there's a lot of teams that have won. Not a lot, but there's some teams that have won two of three Super Bowls. There's four that have been to three straight. So there's a lot going on here. But it's just something very different to watch. And it's something so different to watch with the way Reed harnesses them. Like, just an example. Like, if I can, just to go back to the article, because Andy Reed did a few things, like, you know, after Hill's punt return, it's like, I actually don't have a problem, just on a side note, with the belldozer option. Ooh, I don't okay. really have a problem. I don't have a problem with that as a play call. I have a problem with that as your play call if you're not going to go for it on fourth down. Spicy. Well, but, well here's my – if I, if I'm not going to fight super hard on it. I will say that one reason that that play didn't make sense for me there is because the first move was backwards, which makes it less – more likely yes. that you'll be behind the sticks on fourth down. That would be my only little tweak to that. And that's, that's, that's a really good point, especially when it's so fourth and short, like if you're planning yeah. on going for it. I mean, they probably – if you're going to utilize that, you probably just sneak it. Um, and then, okay, if it gets stuffed, it gets stuffed and it's fourth and one and you go for it. And what's interesting to me though, that was a really interesting chess match moment where McDermott got the better of it mm-hmm. because similar to that Burton fullback, you know, kind of a trap. Well, anyway, we'll call it a fullback sneak that they've mm-hmm. used a billion times this year. And it works literally every time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We've known all year at some point. Mahomes is going to keep that ball and he's going to throw it to someone who's going to be so open (laughs) and, and they waited till the playoffs to dust it off. And I love that. And it worked and it was an awesome play. And it was just such, it was just so well executed. You can tell they've been waiting for it all year. They had a similar idea there. Um, The one thing Blake didn't really sell the sneak. I think that might've made a difference Mm -hmm. if you sell the sneak first and then move into the option, but also McDermott, just was screaming at his players option. And it was good on him to understand what had happened earlier that game, how they'd unfolded a new concept from a familiar look. And to anticipate that, sometimes it just happens. I have a much bigger problem with running the ball two plays in a row before that. Mm. It's like, you know, you could have... And again, you know, these things just happen. Had the play worked, everyone would have said, oh man, he unfolded a new concept and all that. It's just unfortunate that you followed up two runs with that, where it's like, eh, that I I do have a problem with. But with Reed, when you look at those two plays with the 13 seconds, 13 seconds, guys. I've never seen anything like that. The game ended with the Bills scoring on fourth and 13, but also scoring too fast, and then the Chiefs scoring too fast, and then the Bills scoring too fast. Yeah. And then the Chiefs tying it. It was just like, it was just too much time left with 13 seconds. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But Um, here's... um, um, Let's let's not forget that the Buffalo Bills entered Sunday with the NFL's (laughs) best defense based on DVOA and best defense based on points allowed. And check notes, they gave up 42 points. Mm -hmm. Right. And they just... It was just such a perfect combination of so many things that went wrong for the Bills. It's not like they had a bunch of bad plays. They just got beat. I mean, they just got beat. One thing that I love, so the very first play, because really when you've got 13 seconds left, but you've got all three timeouts, that first play is crucial. 
right? With that with that fourth quarter mind melting game tying drive. That first play, obviously, what Kelsey did was legendary. Gaining positive yardage on that first play to get you to at least like the thirty five or so. You, you almost have to, right? Or you've completely narrowed out all your options for your second play. Yep. And the play call, this quick screen out of trips, and it's not really technically a screen, but it is, right? It's yes. a downfield screen. Kind of like the Hill Mary, yep. only a little less. Obvious. They didn't give that away. Yeah, they didn't give that away. It's less obvious, yes. Yeah. And they, one of the things they did is they, they they pulled guys to the other side of the field. They kept the running back in, forcing a few guys guys towards the middle of the field. Here's something that I noticed that I just love. So it's Kelsey and Pringle. They go out to block. They get in front of Hill. They go out to block. And there are two defenders, one from each side, that are technically closer to Hill. That to like in terms of like trying to bring him down. Kelsey and Pringle kind of ignore those guys. And instead, move down the field towards the two defenders that are closer. So you not the guys to the right and left of Hill, but the guys straight ahead of him. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, you, you want to take out the closest threat, all that stuff. But Hill's so fast that he accelerates past the angles of the guys closing in on the side. And then it becomes a matter of, oh, well, thank goodness Pringle and Kelsey are there to move those other two defenders back. Mm-hmm. And it buys you an extra five to eight yards when five to eight yards is like the difference between, okay, yes, that play worked pretty well to, oh my gosh, yes, they can do this. Like you heard it in Romo's voice, right? You know, they can do this. Like that changed everything. And those little nuances of design, and maybe I'm giving Reed too much credit here, but understanding what your players can do and that Tyreek Hill doesn't really need someone to block the guy who's coming from the side because he's too fast. What he needs is a little push up front. And timing it, like the way they time these plays out, it's it's really impossible to overstate how, how great Andy Reid is at teaching his guys to execute this stuff. And that's another play. There's so many plays in this game, but that's another play that I hope people don't, I hope it doesn't get lost in history just because the next play was even more awesome in a completely different way. And that's the problem with a game that has so much awesome people. Like people are going to forget that Melvin Ingram went straight on wedgie, Reggie white on a dude. Mm-hmm. And, and, and well, cause Josh Allen's an alien. Yep. And he, he made an incredible play. Cause people were asking where the pass rush was. I was like, um, chasing around an alien. I mean, they and they were also gassed too. It was it was oh, clear yeah. that oh, Chris Jones I, just didn't have it anymore. And you, I think this is something that we we couldn't really get after the game. But I I, I guess I can sort of throw this theory out. Tyron Matthews out. Mm. Rashad Fitton, he matters, kids. Uh, mm-hmm. The weight of the entire defense was on the four pass rush lineman because you couldn't blitz you just couldn't okay like that would be ill-advised and the one time they did it he burned them in the red zone for a touchdown so you say Mm -hmm. okay scratch out and plays off Mm -hmm. Uh, right and i just felt like the weight of the defense was on chris jones frank clark jaron reed who had a very like a a, a great a great hustle sack and, Mm -hmm. and and obviously melvin ingram and they they tried (laughs) but <laughs> like I'm gas and he's no. so big and fast. Well, he's he's just he's so good. I mean, Josh Allen's is a stud. Like Mahomes playing at the level he was playing at, like the Chiefs really should have won that game by like 20. 
And Allen just would not let it happen. And again, Tyron Matthew, you got a chance to see how important he is with communication on the back end. Now, I think, you know, he's in concussion protocol. I think if they've got a week to prepare, that's a little different, right? You you can you can kind of figure out rules a little bit there. Yep. Yep. Um, that that's a little bit different. Hey, shout out to Armani Watts who got the play, and it turns out the you know I didn't none of those touchdowns that I saw were like oh Armani really blew it there. Yeah, and 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 I and the other thing too is uh, I think Spags is comfortable with with Armani, but you can't disguise anything. Yep. Um, and so he's playing the coverage, but the Bills know that, and they're like, well, why don't we just have Gabriel in the slot and like, what do you know? You're yeah. like, you know, and and look, I know some people were complaining about Juan Thornhill. What are you supposed to do, y'all? Yeah, Patrick. <laughs> Patrick does that to him in practice every day. Okay, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, and, and that's the the defense acquitted itself because you you made a good point. Rashad Fenton matters, and if I were to pick a player in the secondary that I wouldn't want to lose if Tyron Matthew is out. Besides Legereus Sneed, it would be Fenton. Because of everyone else, he's the most versatile. Yep. And, and by the way, shout out to Charvarius Ward, who played his yeah. tail off. Yeah, I just was going to mention, Stefan Diggs' final stat line was three catches for seven yards. So, with Gabriel Davis uh, playing like the archangel that he's named after, I've used that joke <laughs> twice now, uh, that, that notwithstanding, you, you've got you've to acknowledge the fact that and Emmanuel Sanders has not had a terribly, terribly impactful season, but Stefan Diggs has. And three for seven is not what I saw coming. No. Nope. That was – and Ward, you know, he wasn't alone in that, but they did good work on him. They did a great job saying this dude is not going to be the guy. And then Allen did a great job adjusting, um, which is great for him. But, like, Rashad Fenton matters a lot. He's versatile. You can line him up everywhere, including in, like, a hybrid safety role. They've done that. Um, so – he tackles really well. He is he's one of the best zone defenders they have, if not maybe the best besides Matthew. And that's important because you saw those breakdowns in communication on the back end. And so losing Fenton and Matthew in one game, that's a big deal, especially when you didn't expect it with Matthew. So you combine that, like Allen made some incredible plays. He also was able to take advantage of a secondary that a couple times was like, I'm supposed to be where? And <laughs> Dudes were that open. That and the whole, you know, it's unfortunate that a sniper took out Hughes during the middle of a play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then and then and then they were like, "Yeah, man, just 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 sit, just stand by by me, man." I I mean, come on, man. <laughs> hey, hey, DeAndre, can you do something better than that? Like, yeah. Um, it's but it's a perfect play call, honestly, yeah. because um. Demarcus Robinson has been fooling any DB he's ever ran that route against. <laughs> the Dino route, Dino route, I've heard it both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same route. And when you run it well, if you don't have the right help over the top, that's a really hard route to defend. And, man, Hughes just got worked over. But it, it the, the front four deserves more credit than they're going to get. And Melvin Ingram particularly, I've watched some of the snaps now. He won quite a few times. And Josh Allen just did stuff. And so hopefully what the Chiefs take away from that is not to rush for because that's going to be important in this upcoming week. <laughs> but they, like Ingram really deserves more credit. And Jones, those two in particular, Jaron Reed played a good game. Clark was a little quieter, but I saw him winning some snaps too. It's just we got to experience the other side of it 
when Mahomes is doing that to teams. It's not because the pass rush was playing poorly. It's just, for one, like you guys, they were gassed at the end. I mean, they've been chasing this dude around all night. And there's just nothing left to give. And even then, they got pressure. He just escaped. Yeah. It's like, oh, why can't Frank Clark run down Josh Allen in the open field? Well, because he can't. Like, there were that's just couple. not something there, he can physically do. There were a couple plays late in the game. I don't know, he's out of gas. There were a couple plays late in the game where Frank Clark just wanted to tell us all that he couldn't get there about five seconds before Josh Allen ultimately <laughs> did complete the play. Yeah, that was like, and look, I just, guys. I'm comfortable both admitting the fact that he was tired and maybe this is unfair criticism and also wanting to point out that there was at least one time that I yelled Frank Clark's name really loudly because he just sort of stopped. And look, my cardio it would not have been at a place to do that for one play. I get it, but I was frustrated. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I have a legit sort of defense question that, I mean, either of you will, can, can chime in on, but might be more of an off-season Seth project ultimately. Um, but I thought about it over the course of the game and then even more since it ended, mentioning Tyron Matthew. I, I would love to get something borderline quantifiable from either of you guys, I guess, on on how much of that you do think was the absence of Tyron Matthew. And then also you say, you know, well, it could look different if they have a week to prepare to play without him. Also, I mean, they obviously allowed quite a game to Jamar Chase a few weeks ago with Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm interested what you guys think. So I had somebody tweet in or maybe they called in the post game show. I can't remember. Um, but asking like this game kind of made me hope the Chiefs do give Tyron Matthew a gigantic bag of money this offseason. And uh, I, I this is not me being like, please tell me that Tyron Matthew doesn't actually matter. So I can, you know, help us help us clear off some money off the books here. I, I'm genuinely curious what you guys do with that um, in terms of, you know, what what does this game show? What is this season shown and in, in if there's going to be a, a needle mover there. And I'm not sure you guys have enough information to do that literally right now, but it's something I've been thinking about. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to think about it um, with some clarity. Yeah. I mean, this goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, where I think Tyron Matthew in some ways is the most important defender on the team because you can't disguise any looks the same way with anybody else. Dan Sorensen can kind of come up to the line of scrimmage. He can bail out. Um, but they chose not to really do that much, which credit to the coaching staff. Um, he just sort of played his role still. Um, Armani Watts fills in. You know, the the beauty about last year's AFC Championship game, fellas, is their pre-snap movement kind of tricked Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And then they blitzed off of it. And it made the game very complicated for Josh Allen. And the thing that we won't, truly know because uh you build a game plan around your star players and then when one of them is removed mm. all the all the all the pieces are, are are just sort of they're not put in they're not put in place the way you you anticipated um mm. they couldn't they just couldn't disguise like being in the press box it was just clear to me this is just this is just dudes on dudes like we can't we can't blitz cuz uh we just gave him a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, 
the way Spagnolo blitzed was reminiscent of what other defensive coordinators do, where it's just like nothing's working. And send the dogs. <laughs> Woo! Wow. Okay, fellas. All right, let's 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 talk it up. Talk it up. Hey, give me one of the tablets. All right. You see, fellas, <laughs> we're not gonna do this next drive, okay? <laughs> like, so like he he like Steve gave in. Okay, we not doing that. But we can't disguise because Juan Thornhill has to play the deep because did you did you see the ball go over his head? All right, so um, it it was just a magnificent football game because with each drive, the defense had less and less and less to work with on both on mm. both teams. Yeah, like we can't disguise anything. The pass rush can kind of influence the snap, but like. Neither, these quarterbacks are just so elusive, and they mm-hmm. keep their eyes downfield, and they're accurate on on off platform throws. So, like, what you would think is a good snap, nope, that's an eight yard gain. Darn! <laughs> like, as the game moved on, it just became clear that like, are these quarterbacks going to make a mistake? And if the answer is no, we don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, Tyron Matthew matters. He will be valuable come the offseason but you know what you don't want the offseason to be in january you want it to start right. in like mid like you want it to start around thank you know around valentine's day you know right um it's it's crazy to me and and i will say can you imagine being armani watts because i thought about that on my drive home like i got my job to do on special teams i've been doing well all year like i'm gonna I'm be i'm gonna be helping out in any way, I. What do you mean? I gotta go in. <laughs> <laughs> Look, checks notes. Uh, that's Gabriel Davis. He really fast. Uh, mm-hmm. Manuel Sanders, route running god. Uh, mm-hmm. Cole Beasley still got it. Jesus, guys, could it be any other game where where I have to come in cold? That was not an easy situation to be put in. I think you make a really good point regarding the disguising of coverages. That's something that Spags doesn't get enough credit for that a lot of people that I've talked to that seem to, you know, really go next level and kind of understand that stuff better than I do. They talk about that a lot. It's one reason, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, he's so good with blitzing and stuff. You can't be good with blitzing unless you're able to disguise coverages on the back end or even above average NFL quarterbacks will pick you apart. And, that is largely based a lot, at least when they've got time to game plan for it, around what Tyron Matthew can do. And I think one reason you saw like Legereus Sneed in week one blow multiple coverages is because they asked him to fill that role. And it's really hard to do that. It's really hard to know all the different checks and the different roles and where you got to be with depending on what receiver does what. That's really hard. And so he's really important for that. And especially when you go into a game anticipating that he will be there. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm curious about, I hope he clears. They are much better defense with him there. And I think he, he hopefully here's hoping. Andy says he's feeling well. Andy Reed, you know, he's so, you know, he's he never, just, he's never misled uh, anyone tell, about an injury report. That's how it is with injuries. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, one thing that would be interesting though is, and I don't know where Fenton is at either. Cause that's, that's low key, not as important, but very important. Yes. Because yeah, I know he got mossed by chase a few times. Who didn't? I think I got mossed a few times by chase. Definitely. Yeah. But, not having the option to be overly creative might force Spagnolo to say, you know what I'm going to do instead? 
I'm just going to have someone press him and then put the safety right over the top of him and dare someone else to beat us and just rush four guys because I don't have the same disguises. And here's the thing. Against the Bengals, that would be probably the best way to do it because did you just see what Tennessee's interior defensive line did to their... Like, Chris Jones will, like, he will destroy the Bengals if he's given the opportunity and the coverage holds up for even, like, 2.5 to 3 seconds behind him. And so the keep it simple thing, again, I want Matthew to play, but I hope that whether he plays or not, it pushes Spagnuolo towards a little more of a simplification in that they were getting Burrow with blitzes early. I think they can fool him with blitzes. He's still a young quarterback, really, really, really good quarterback, but they can fool him. And Tennessee did at times too. But really what Burrow has figured out is if I get blitz, I'm chucking the ball up to Jamar. And that's a great plan, honestly. <laughs> it's an awesome plan. It really is. But they can they can simplify things a little bit. And I think that makes life a lot harder on Burrow, who, again, great young quarterback, kind of getting lumped in there with like the Josh Allens and Mahomes of the world, and he's not. Yeah. So I, I, we probably are at the time where we should all kind of, if, if there's anything we haven't touched on yet that we want to touch on, now would be the time. And, and we'll have a lot to talk about for Chiefs Bengals and the AFC Championship game in a few days. But here's, here's my kind of one last thing. We've talked about, all three of us, I think, are universally on the same page, that Josh Allen played some fabulous football yesterday. I, I said earlier today, I think he might be my second favorite player currently to watch currently playing this sport, at least second favorite quarterback. The issue is that he happened to go up against number one mm-hmm. on that list. Mm. Um, I, I am here for the Josh Allen bandwagon. And here's one thing that, and I'm actually been writing about this some today and the story will go up sometime tomorrow. I'll tweet about it. Um, here's, here's where I hope chiefs fans are at right now. There was talk of Brady Manning, you know, could Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes be the new Brady Manning? Could could they be the new duo from this point forward for the rest of, you know, the NFL's decade or whatever? And there, there are two things that I've been thinking about since Friday or Saturday when that conversation really started going. One is that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen play that position so damn differently <laughs> than, than Tom Brady or Peyton Manning do that it's kind of apples to oranges, right? Like they have, they fit the same no, that's spot kiwi in your fantasy right there. lineup. That ain't, that's that, right. That's, that's kiwi. kiwi. That is tropical <laughs> paradise, right. ladies and gentlemen. No, 100% right. You yeah, ain't in. Hey, 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 hey. We ain't in California no more, okay? No. <laughs> we, wear the, we wear the real beaches are now. Yes, 100%. And... They're more fun on a lot of levels. Will anyone ever win as much as Tom Brady? I don't know. Seems unlikely. Seems difficult. Will anyone ever be the absolute surgeon assassin that Peyton Manning was in a pocket? I don't know. That was an incredible career that that man had, if you have forgotten. But here's the other thing. I don't want to see any Chiefs fans doing the super annoying like fraud thing to any of the quarterbacks that this team beats from here on out. Because I mean, you were you saw you know Bucks fans or NFL fan trolls do that to Patrick Mahomes last year, and it's tacky. That's one thing, but the other element of it is you tell me what game you're going to remember more fondly: that one yesterday or Chief Steelers. Chief Steelers was better for your heart rate, maybe better for your health, maybe better for your hair staying its actual <laughs> color and not turning white or gray overnight. But what we just watched is what the NFL could potentially be offering us, and specifically what, pa- what, what, what Patrick Mahomes, I almost called him Peyton Mahomes, what Patrick <laughs> Mahomes and the Chiefs could be offering us for a, a decade of this sport. 
where you're not just getting an incredible performance from one guy. You are getting Kong versus Godzilla. You are getting Pacific Rim. You are getting the Avengers. You are getting as good a product as this sport may have ever produced. And it's not Josh Allen. I agree with what Seth just said. Joe Burrow has not gotten Josh Allen's achievement just yet. But you go from Josh Allen to dealing with Joe Burrow next year. What if they open the season with Justin Herbert? You know, I, Maybe there is a, a step to be taken for some of the young guys. Lamar Jackson comes back healthy. It's not the easiest path for the Chiefs to rack up Lombardi after Lombardi. But it might be the most fun one because you could go through and pick third and fourth guys from around the AFC, around the Manning and, and Brady era. I think we might legitimately be in a golden age of football, like cresting with that game last night. That might be what we look back at. Not that not that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen had obviously done plenty before that point, obviously Mahomes especially. But that, I think, could be the game that we're going to remember as of the beginning of that rivalry being another level, and then everybody else that steps in after that, take your best shot. The Chiefs aren't going to win the Super Bowl every year, but there's going to be a game like that every year. I would sign up for that, and I hope everyone appreciates what what the Bills and Josh Allen did in a losing effort, and what Joe Burrow and the Bengals will do, and what every one of these other young quarterbacks will do, because it's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. This This was high school, high-level state championship quarterback playing. Because again, y'all, Patrick Mahomes' 33 completions were the most in a single postseason game in franchise history last night. (coughs) Um, They accounted for over 400 yards each. This was like a back-and-forth high school semifinal state championship game but it occurred in the AFC divisional round. I for the right <laughs> to host the championship game. By the way, either one of these teams would have gotten that because the Bengals <sighs> won. I, I just, it's wild, man. Um, I have one more thing to say, but uh, I will, I will, I want Seth to give his thoughts. Excellent. I, I really like that, like a uh, long term you know, kind of view with where the NFL is. Cause there are some young quarterbacks that look, cause it's really easy to forget about them now. Cause they didn't make the playoffs. but I mean, Justin Herbert looks incredible. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. He looks unbelievable. Josh Allen looks unbelievable. And all three of those dudes are in the AFC and like Joe Burrow looks really, really good. And when you're like clearly the fourth best and, and they've got a really good, well-coached team, blah, 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 blah. All due respect. But when you're clearly the fourth best and you're that good, it's like, holy crap. Something that I'm going to be watching for in future years, because Josh, you made a good point. You know, Mahomes can't win the Super Bowl every year, right? I mean, they didn't last year. Um, he can't get to it every year, though. I would like to clarify that, apparently. Apparently. Well, yeah, At we'll least see. host the AFC Championship I'm, game. I'm curious how the AFC Championship goes. I, that first game was interesting with the Bengals. And well, I'm sorry. This just hit me. I, I genuinely am sorry to cut you off mid, mid-thought there, Seth. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes' worst playoff run in his career is losing in the AFC championship game. And that's exactly where I was about to go. Oh, excellent. Well, we spent um, too much time together. Well, yeah, we do. But that's <laughs> the interesting thing. So, that? so there's two points here. What it's taken for Patrick Mahomes to lose in the playoffs was to lose to an utterly stacked team with unbelievable health quarterbacked by the goat 
mm-hmm. with his entire offensive line missing and multiple touchdown passes dropped. Yeah. Because that always gets overlooked, right? It's all the old, yeah, but he there there were rightfully two more touchdowns that should have been there, and then one that was close to a touchdown, and then one that was a third crucial third down conversion. Like there were some drops in that game that were wildly important that could have changed everything. So it took that for him to lose. The other time it took D Ford lining up offsides. Mm. And again, being against an all the all-time great coach. Quarterback yep. by the goat, all this stuff, right? Yep. That's what it took for him to lose a playoff game. We just watched Josh Allen deliver one of the best quarterback playoff performance in history, and it wasn't enough. Basically, if you you can hope that the Chiefs really screw it up defensively, or they screw up their offensive line, which by the way, they rebuilt on the fly, and it's awesome now. Mm-hmm. Now, hey, Brown had a few things, but I mean, honestly, that line looks good. They are a good line. They're not going to be losing games because of the line. You can hope maybe they really screw up their position, guys, when Tyree Kill and maybe you can hope Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill go downhill really fast. I don't know, whatever. But that's what it takes to beat him so far. It's just this unbelievable, terrible luck. Or And you still have to be a really good team to take advantage of it, right? Here's, here's what I'm curious about. As we go to this next phase, you talk about like these you know all-time great matchups and stuff. I've often wondered how many dudes we would consider even more so all-time greats from the NBA in the 90s Mm. if Michael Jordan didn't Mm. exist. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Because Mm -hmm. the way we view guys like Carl Malone and Charles Barkley. Reggie Miller. Oh, poor Reggie. Reggie. And Reggie was just, he started playing two decades too early. You know, he was made for this, this day and age. But guys like Reggie. Guys like like Patrick Ewing, like these are legitimately great players, and I could name a bunch more and blah blah blah, and you know really show my '90s bona fides. But yeah, as a, of- as a Suns as a Suns fan, I can't think of any more. <laughs> poor Dan Marley and Charles, yeah, and poor Charles. Poor like Chuck. he just, I mean, but like the quotes. Can you imagine Charles Barkley was once quoted as saying, "The only time I didn't feel like I was the best player on the field." was in the finals against MJ. He talked about he had a game, he had like 40 points, 15 boards, and 10 Yep, assists. this He's is like, the MJ equivalent. He said, MJ would not let me win the game. And I remember looking at him and thinking, man, he's better than me. That is what happened to Josh Allen just now. Patrick Mahomes would not let him win. And I just wonder, because this the Bills, the, I'm curious how they're feeling in their building right now. Hopefully Josh Allen played so well that they're like, okay, we can do this. But they spent a year getting to that point. And they yeah. couldn't do it. And it's only going to get harder. And so to, to keep a team together and all that stuff, I'm curious how many players we're going to see Patrick Mahomes, Michael Jordan. And that's just something to keep an eye on moving forward because I think he could do it. Uh, just, a, just a quick reminder. I believe the game was uh, game four in Chicago. Um, Michael Jordan, are you ready for the stat line? Oh, gosh. 21 of 37. 13 of 18 on free throws, eight rebounds, four assists, 55 points. 55 points. Charles Barkley. God rest his soul. Because he died here. (laughs) Charles Barkley, 32 points, 10 assists, 12 rebounds, 10 of 19 from the field. Yeah, what a game. 46 46 minutes. Couldn't, Couldn't drag him off the court. 
Michael Jordan, also in 46 minutes, had yep. 55 points. Yep. It's just like, okay, how many did you score? Okay, I got to do this. And I'm curious how many people Patrick Mahomes is going to do that to. Because that that's one of those legacy defi- defining things where it's like, if you can't break through, history remembers you differently. And mm. maybe that's not fair, but it's the truth. I feel like you're ramping up, Nate. All right, let's <laughs> let's let's wrap it up. Okay, I just, I thought I was that was one of those moments, you know, where look, this is. I saw you lined up out there, and I was I was yelling at you to do, do it. it. Okay, I, I got All nervous. Right. I should have just said, Nate, do it. All it floor is yours, my friend. We got the look. Do it. Okay, do it, Nate. Do it. Um, there are moments where you hope that what you see in front of you. Um, obviously, I have a trained eye. Like I've watched Patrick Mahomes in person for the last four years. Like my eye is like, why am I here if I can't do this properly? And I made, I made the point very early in the game. I believe it was on the first drive um, that Patrick Mahomes was in over my dead body mode. Mm -hmm. Guys. it, It really was over his dead body. And he just didn't die. And I did that, of course, as um, a tribute to our to our guy, Therese Paler, who um, would have just I mean, he would have loved being in that in that stadium. And everybody knows he would have been there um, had he still been with us. But this was truly the, the, the greatest version of over my dead body in Patrick Mahomes' career. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage our listeners to read Rustin Dodd's piece in The Athletic that came out today because it honors Therese. Um, because sometimes you just know. And even with 13 seconds left, you couldn't, you just, he just didn't die, guys. And I don't know if that's a phrase that will have even more significance in a couple weeks if the Chiefs continue to move towards another championship. Um, but this was this was his master. This was his master class. This was his masterpiece. And um, it's it's just I knew in the moment, like it's as Josh Allen was staring to the abyss. I was ready to. Just remind people that uh, Therese would have told y'all this, and so it's 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 appropriate to remind people that the, the quarterback, the, the team you root for, has Patrick Mahomes, and if most things are adequate surrounding him, he will enter over my dead body mode in, in the postseason, and that is just. Woo, guys, I mean, that's something that you really shouldn't take.